Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Game Store Profits, the podcast where some guys get together to talk about games and God and how these things come together. Uh, we are one man down for episode 143. Uh, we are missing a Jeff Romo who is currently playing tour guide to some family members, but I am here with Mr. Daniel Fisher. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today, Mike? I am doing well. I, you know, granted, at the time we are recording this, it is still 2016, but by the time these fine people will be hearing this episode, the dumpster fire that is 2016 will have been forever passed behind us. Not really. Because you realize that every year from here on out, we're going to be reminded of 2016 posts on Facebook. Oh. You know what? I, as a guy who's been in, you know, normally I just kind of look past those things as meaningless Facebook shenanigans. But lately I've been hitting a couple really good ones. Apparently, occasionally I actually sound, you know, smart. So, uh, I could see myself getting blindsided by, oh my goodness, so-and-so died today. And oh my goodness, so-and-so yeah. died today. And <laughs> well, you know, um, and, and I think you, uh, kind of sh- jumped the gun there a little bit with, uh, Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I posted up a picture saying, basically, it's a picture of Carrie Fisher and the post had something like, like, sorry, 216, I'm, I'm, you're not, you're not going to take me. And then literally later that day received word that Carrie Fisher had died. Yeah. And, and, and I just got an alert that her mom had a stroke. You know, I, I'm just done with this year. I know. Me too. Me too. I, you know, there have been plenty of celebrities that I've, like, I don't really get tore up too bad by celebrities. Like, I don't know them. Like, yeah. I, I have, I have deep appreciation for, for what they've contributed to my life and the art that they've created and, and whatnot. But I was, I was honestly taken aback by Carrie Fisher just because of the fact that obviously she was part of the creation of, of, you know, nerd nerddom. Lore. Yeah. Like she's one of the the pillars of the nerd community, but also just her life, like outside of Star Wars, and just the the stuff that she had to deal with and the attitude that she had coming out of it, and obviously there's a a personal reflection on that too because she was an advocate for mental health specifically uh, for bipolar, and that as people who have heard this podcast before strikes very close to home for me. Right. So I, yeah, she will most definitely be missed. Yeah. Well, she was one of those people I told my wife, I said, as a young boy, I always thought she wouldn't even have to change her last name. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. My wife just busted out laughing when I told her that yesterday. And, um, you know, because we, we had that discussion. Uh, I think the only other two deaths that really affected me were um, Prince and uh, David Bowie. David Bowie, I, I honestly, like, locked myself in a closet for a, a little bit and, yeah. and just kind of sat silently. Because that that man, not only did he create some truly deep and meaningful lyrics, he, uh, kind of in the same it, oddly enough, though, two completely different people. I had a very similar reason for liking Bowie than I did for liking Robin Williams in that they both these men made it OK to be weird and different. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, for a long time, I considered that a negative that I was weird and different. So yeah, that was, there was actually a really powerful uh, image that I, I really enjoyed. It was uh, Pope Francis looking at a mural of David Bowie on the day that he died and just kind of just offering up a little prayer. I'm like, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see that one, but you know, it's, I think it's different aspects of Bowie's life. He touched different people. And, um, I became a fan of his work, um, probably about, uh, I want to say 1998. And, um, from then on out, I just, he was just one of those, those people that, you know, that's the, the, one of the best artists I considered, you know, he, his works just went from everywhere from dance hall music to working with Trent Reznor. And it was just, you know. He, yeah, it, it's not everybody that can transcend genre like that. Heck, no. it's why I love Neil Gaiman so much because he's literally written like every type of fiction there is. Now don't say that because he'll die. No, no, <laughs> no. 2016 cannot claim him. Well, that's the thing. He'll show up in the TARDIS afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Well, as you can tell, this episode, we're going to be doing a significant amount of reflecting on this year and looking forward to next year as is always the case with these episodes that that fall on the tail end of December, the beginning of January. Uh, but before we get into, you know, year, year endy, year beginning y sort of reflections, we just celebrated Christmas. Yay. And so I thought we, we have a little bit more time to, to discuss things now that Mr. Romo is not here and we're not splitting the time between the three of us. He talks all the time. So I mean. <laughs> I believe it's quite obvious that I do the majority of the talking because I edit the waveforms and I know. <laughs> but Daniel, let's let's take we basically set up this that we're going to do it that we're going to have one story each of something that we got that was really awesome. Uh-huh. And one just this is something cool that happened. Okay. So so what what you got for us Daniel? Ah, let's see here. Well, the really cool thing that my wife got me for, uh, Christmas was a small laser engraver. Um, a CNC laser engraver. So as y'all know, I do 3D printing and I've been wanting to get into laser engraving. And the whole purpose of this was for dice. I want to make custom dice. I want to make my own dice. I want to make any type of dice I want. I no longer want to have to buy dice but well i still have to buy blanks but you, you should get what i'm saying so like if i want to set a steampunk dice i go in here and draw out what i want and i print them out and i've already started it because today I, uh or actually yesterday i started printing out the uh, dice for the dune the dice game and today i spent today painting them and cleaning them up and i'm still cleaning on them but they're looking pretty good so it's always nice to be able to literally just say you know i need a i need a die for this oh wait i can make one yes <laughs> it's the best way man there's no other way around it game store profits dice coming in 2017 <laughs> in roads ministries dice coming in 2017 coming in 2017 <laughs> get, but, get daniel get daniel working you know in the dice mines <laughs> Ha ho! Anyway, <laughs> um, but um, I, I will mention one other gift. Um, somebody purchased for me, um, a really dear friend of mine, um, the fifth edition DMG for Fantasy Grounds. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's going to help out a lot. And uh, 
one of our uh, games that I'm running on the side. Because um, I have, even though I do tell everybody about the Wonders of Savage Worlds, I have been running a 5th edition game. And please don't beat me, people. Um, but, I mean, it's pretty fun. Uh, we're having fun. Um, we haven't really got to meet a lot because everybody's got different schedules. But hopefully we'll be uh, getting our next game on um, more regular at the beginning of the year. So I will say at a bare minimum, the great thing that the DMG has in it is the the charts for rolling dungeons and towns and that sort of stuff. It helps you populate an entire city in like a minute and a half. Yeah, and all that's automatic in Fantasy Grounds. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> well, for me, uh, it was really cool. I'll kind of, my one story about stuff that I got, I'll bundle into two things into one. Uh, it was because both my parents and my in-laws both gave me gifts that really demonstrated that they're supportive of what we're trying to do. Sweet. My in-laws, it was something real simple. They got me a bunch of little stuff and it was all great. But one thing stuck out to me is the fact that they went out and got me a seven-die polyhedral set, a, a gaming set. I saw those. And a matching cube of D6s. They look really pretty. They they are really pretty. And it was funny because my, my mother-in-law walked up to me and she goes, she goes, I didn't know if you had any of these or I didn't know if you needed any go. And I go, you know what? I have more dice than I can know what to do with, but there's never such a thing as too many dice. No. I, I don't need any more dice. <laughs> so it was it was really cool because she she apparently had to do research and she's like, I didn't know if they were the right ones. I go, No, no, these are perfect. <laughs> yeah, there's there's never too many dice. I meet with Kevin over Christmas. He comes in and visits his dad. And so I always have to bring my spares so he can go through them to make sure there's nothing in there that he doesn't have. And he, um, he's not missing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I took my spares and my wife looked at the container that I had them in. And it's one of those huge three, you know, the, the popcorn hens that have three types of popcorn in them. Yep. Well, it's over halfway full and that's just my spares. Yep. And she's like, are you getting rid of those dice? I'm like, no, it's just for Kevin to go through. And so I come back home with the same tin. She's like, I thought you were going to get rid of those. I'm like, <laughs> why would I? <laughs> now, to be fair, you have more of a fascination with dice than most people. Well, yeah, a little bit. Um, the The thing with me is that um, for me to actually put a set of dice on my shelf, it has to be a complete set. Right. So, like, if it's not a complete set, it goes into the bin of extras until I can get a complete set. And I may put them in there with baggies until, you know, if there's ones I'm going through. And um, so, like, you know, I don't have a lot of completed sets, but the sets that I do have that are completed are ones that are actually special to me and uh, for different reasons. And the uh, then I do have a bunch of mixed sets that I put together because when new people come to my house, especially kids, one of the first things I do is hand them a set of polyhedral dice. And when they go, what's that for? I said, you know, I usually am like, well, ask me a little bit later and I'll tell you. And, um, you know, we get, I get the kids looking at that stuff and wondering. I'm like the, the, the drug dealer on the street corner. The first hit's free. I give them yeah. the dice and they're like, oh, wow, what are these? These are interesting. Like I did it to, every, you know, my cousin's kids. 
I, I you know, emptied my pockets out the other day and he saw a D20. He says, what's that? I said, it's a 20-sided die. He said, can I have it? I said, sure. <laughs> you know? So, uh, uh, yes, I am that weird guy that keeps dice in his pockets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I will then move on to the next gift, which was, I, I literally, <laughs> it, it made me say the phrase, I can't believe you freaking did this, like, a dozen different times to my dad. Uh, a while back, you may have seen it because I, every once in a while, as I'm, uh, as I'm wont to do, I will put up deals that I find on the internet about gaming and gaming stuff, uh, in the tavern and on Facebook. And there was one Kickstarter that happened earlier this year for a folding gaming table. Oh yeah, I saw that. It was a legit, like, I want to say the dimensions were something like six foot by like like five foot mm-hmm. folding gaming table that folded up into a little square and it, you know, it it's a beefy piece of hardware, but it's a folding table that turns into the kind of thing, not too far unlike, you know, like, like a Carolina gaming table. Oh, yeah. And I I'm going through, you know, we're doing the stocking stuff and it's cool. And it's funny because, you know, you know, other than my brother's little girl, all of us are all, you know, adults now, so Christmas takes on a whole different vibe now. Mm-hmm. But my parents love giving gifts, and so we're still doing all this stuff. And I open up this one box, and I just see a thing of dominoes. I go, oh, good, I never had dominoes. It was on my list of things I hope somebody donates because I don't have the money to buy them, but people would love to play them. Yeah. And then there was a piece of paper rubber banded to the dominoes. I go, what the heck is this? And it was a picture of that gaming table. And said, this is coming to you. Did you scream like a little girl? I, I may have. <laughs> um, I, I am already desperately looking forward to eventually getting it. I have no idea when the kick, cause I, I didn't, I didn't do it because it's expensive. So I have no idea when the fulfillment date is on this, but at some point during 2017, if you come to an inroads event, in all likelihood, you will hopefully be playing with me on that table. Because there ain't no way I'm running a game day that won't have me bring that with me. <laughs> <laughs> now you need about five more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get right on that. But it was it was so it was so great. I like like I said, as nice as that is, and as cool as it is to receive something like that, the the best part about it is just the continued support because. Neither my in-laws nor my parents are gamers at all. The best I can say is that when we were kids, my dad would humor us. Like yeah. he would, he would play the games that we were, like he'd play Dark World and Battle Masters and Hero Quest with us, but that was mostly because we're his kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, once we grew up and stopped having to have him play with us, he wouldn't voluntarily do that. And so the idea that that they are are supportive of what we're trying to do when, you know, we always say it and it's become more and more clear to me as I've gotten tried to get tried to get us more and more into churches is that we are a unique sort of ministry. Yeah. <laughs> so it it's really it's really cool to to get that uh, for a funny story. I couldn't help it um, a while ago. I I brought my copy of Animal Upon Animal to play with my little nephew. He is three. 
and it's te- he's technically a little bit under the age minimum. <laughs> but I figured at, at its core, it's stacking wooden animals. So even if we're just literally stacking wooden animals, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, well, he fell in love with it. And even though we've never played a game by the rules as written so much as the rules as Caleb wants it to be, he he absolutely loved it. And there was one time, short like leading up into the Christmas gift buying season, that his dad was watching us play. And he goes, where does one get this game? And I just, I, I kind of had to be that guy. And I was like, nobody has to get this game. Santa Claus might get this game. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up getting it for him and it was great because when he, when he got it, he, he opened it up and he goes, this is like yours. And I go, yup. And he goes, I get to keep this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, buddy, it, it's yours. He's like, and I get to take it home. Like he had, he had to clarify it like five times that this was his and that I wasn't going to take it back. <laughs> Yeah, my kids grabbed my copy of it, and, and I do say it like that, my copy of it, from the shelf the other day, and she, my daughter's like, let's play this, and uh, my son's like, okay. It's funny watching them play games without me sometimes, and watch what they pick to play, it's it's pretty interesting. I think that my daughter was a little upset that I loaned out Pirate Blast, because she's been wanting to play it, and I keep being like, nope. And I, I do that to her, just to, to get a little rise out of her, because I usually get her to play something else anyway, but... um yeah, I'm going to have to sit down and play Pirate Blast with her now. <laughs> That's nice. cool. That's so awesome. Well, Christmas is awesome. We're always happy to talk about that kind of stuff and, and the the great stories. And feel free either here or in the tavern or whatever. And a bunch of people have already been sharing pictures of kind of the games and stuff that they've gotten this year. It's really cool to see the community kind of to, to just share that kind of stuff together. But... We want to do, like I said, which is always what happens end of end of December, beginning of January, the look back on 2016 and the look forward to 2017. Um, the last, at the beginning of this year, I should say, we had our resolutions episode. Now, because Mr. Romo isn't here this evening, I can't go through his and say whether or not he succeeded because, well, he's not here to say whether he did or not. <laughs> Yes, he did. Uh, I, I say yeah. it right now. We'll, we'll just we'll just say yes. He he fulfilled all of them. Uh, but I will, in case you had listened to the beginning of this year, I will quickly go over mine, uh, why they became resolutions, and and how I succeeded or failed accordingly because I did a little of both. Um, and then after you know we'll we'll let Daniel, even though he didn't record his, he he didn't come onto the episode onto the podcast until after we did the resolutions episode. But we will go over his and see kind of how he's done throughout the year. We'll kind of go through our, you know, some of our favorite things throughout the year and then look into 2017. For me, I had some successes. Uh, oddly enough, I just referenced one because one of mine was to add a dexterity game to the library. Because for the longest time, I just haven't, I never had any. And I felt that was a shame because of the fact that we do so much, you know, big group kind of new to gaming things and there's nothing that has a table presence more than a giant dexterity game i don't have a big one but i do have animal upon animal and that was added to the library this year 
And the next resolution I had was to get my top five games played five times or more. In this regard, I failed miserably. <laughs> I, uh, as is often shared on this podcast, because most of my gaming experience is me running gaming events rather than participating in gaming events, I more often than not do not get to play my favorite games unless somebody wants me to teach them how to play it and I have plenty of other leaders to watch the rest of the event. I did get some played. Ashes got to the table three times. Blood Rage a whopping one time. And The Grizzled got three times played. Getting close. But, yeah... But City of Remnants and Imperial Settlers both got giant goose eggs. Neither one got to the table at all this year. So hopefully I can fix that. The next resolution was to play 60 unique games, a.k.a. different titles. I got super close, even with my limitations on gameplay, even though, you know, while I've I've kind of... You know, I don't want to say it's a bad game because it's not. It's a beautiful game, but I've played it so often and with such regularity that I kind of got bored with it. Even though Codenames is my number one at like 20 different plays, I got to play 52 different games. Eight shy of my 60. Hey, you've got three days. (laughs) I can can really just kind of rapid fire them. Yeah. However, I can say that my Play 100 total games, a.k.a. doesn't have to be unique, it can be, so all 18 of those plays of code names all counted individually, uh, and I did succeed at that. I played 139 different games this year. And like I said, as a guy who more often than not is teaching and running events, it that's I'm going to call that a win. <laughs> the next one. Probably the biggest fail of my resolutions was get the first draft of the Inroads Core Rules Handbook done. This is what I'm going to cite, and and it's not an excuse so much as an explanation. I have a day job, I have a family, I have the all the paperwork stuff of this ministry, and I have the regular work of running game days and creating content and etc. I'm hoping at some point I can wrangle enough time between all those other things to sit down and create the core handbook that we can give to people who want to run inroads events. But as of right now, I have a pile of notes and some good ideas, but I didn't even come close to a first draft. The last one I had was I, I half uh, succeeded. Uh, it was get at least two passionate volunteers here in New Jersey. I got one. And he's really cool. I love him to death. Sean is, I'm going to call this a half success, not only because it's half true, but also because while I didn't get two, we nailed it with Sean. Sean is good people. His family is awesome. I knew that we had a winner when he and his family came to, he came to TavernCon and he posted a picture of them standing by our banner saying, we're out here supporting our ministry. That's cool. And this was before we even asked him to be a volunteer. He was calling it his ministry before we even asked him. So he has been just killing it. He's running a regular game day at his church. He just put uh, another game day out there. I think that one was just a a one-time event, though. We'll see if that comes into a regular thing as well. 
he went to a convention by himself. He and his family run an, ran an inroads table that I couldn't even get to. He is he's just killing it. So while it's only half success, I'm still calling this a win because while I didn't get two, I scored big with the volunteer that I did get. All right, that is that sums up my resolutions for the year that was recorded on our podcast. Daniel, what are some things that you kind of set out for this year, and were you successful? So every year, my small group, we have a word, and it seems like I'm a year behind on each word. So last year, my word was discipline. I really missed the mark on that guy right there. Because, you know, I'm not very disciplined at all. And um, I've actually started, for the beginning of this year, a plan laid out to be more disciplined in, in, a, in a lot of things I do, just not like exercise and diet. But the year before that, my word was fire. And um, to be on fire for something. And, you know, that year was also the year that I got to meet you. And then I fell in love with Inroads. And, you know, this past year, it's just been a fire burning for me to, to do this and get this going and all this. And, 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 you know, I've, I've got my fire. I've got my passion. You know, like you see those missionaries out there that are always talking about, you know, we're going to Nicaragua. It's the best place in the world. Or we're going to, you know, South America. And I'm like, we're going to have a game day. We're going to play games. We're going to spend time with people and make good connections. And, um, you know, that's just how I am now. And, and I finally got my fire. Um, and I've, uh, set my word for this coming year. And, um, that word is going to be obedience. And, uh, for me, um, the, the verse that's going through my mind is be still and know that I'm the Lord. And because, my life is so hectic. Um, if you know, if you ever send me a message on Facebook, I'm always online. I'm always doing something. I'm always reading or watch some, watching something or painting, occupying my time. This is how I am. And now I've got to step back and, and focus more on God so God can grow me in certain areas and grow the things that I'm doing in certain areas. And I think it's going to help me out a lot. Yeah, pretty much any time we can set aside more attention for God, that's that's a win. Yeah, but that's not, that's not my goals for the other stuff this year coming up. So I got some of those already. <laughs> well, 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 we'll get to those. Uh, let's just put it out there for a little bit. Is there anything that happened uh, with the ministry that happened this year that is particularly of note for you? Something that that well, really got you um, excited. The, we kind of got sidetracked though because of the holidays, but my pastor wants us to run a, a monthly game day at church. But the holidays came in and that, you know, kind of sidetracked everyone because nobody wanted to show up because they were busy shopping and things like that. Um, it should pick up again this, uh, coming month in January. Um, which, you know, for me, that was just like, you know, when, when I brought that to him and told it to him, it's like, I feel that we should do this in the church. And, uh, he, you know, he prayed about it and said, for sure, let's do it. And, um, you know, that just blew me away because like, you know, I've been feeding him games 
like he's the one I always loan games to, so he gets an idea of the games I play, and uh, and he he's on board with it, and they're on board with me running games for the the children's church and things like that as well. So I'm excited about that, and um, and we've also got the Meetup account, which I've been playing around with um, on my end and seeing how it works, and I'm going to start using that as a tool down here as well. So. Hopefully, we'll be able to grow it a little bit more down here. I do have a few solid people that are helping me down here. And, uh, you know, I need a few more. If anybody's out there that's listening, listen to Tri-Cities area of East Tennessee. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think we're we're getting ready to blow up. So, that's just my opinion. But, <laughs> and, which doesn't count for nothing. I found out, you know, yeah. that's life. But, yeah. But yeah, that the game day, the the monthly game days at my church was very exciting to me. Nice. I I would say, and and I I wrote about it on our site when it happened. I would say that for me, kind of the highlight of what we're doing and what and what we're trying to pull together was when uh, I started doing the the Sunday morning experiment, which in 2017 is going to uh, not completely changed there's going to be there there are going to be some differences because uh one thing that i love is the fact that not only are the pastors okay with me doing it they they want to see it be the best that it can be and so they've given both uh, a lot of encouragement and and some good criticism some healthy criticism uh that basically said well what if you do this or how can we do this or how can we have uh, the best impact with the the lowest complaint kind of thing, and I go, it it was really interesting, uh, just to see how that's changing and how beautifully that's coming together, and it really, it really to me, is a a marking just a marking point that says, this is how it how inroads needs to function. We've always been trying to do this. But the idea of us coming in with with games and an open ear and a seat at the table for anybody that wants to to try and bridge them into understanding that the church is there for them, whether they yeah. feel like they're a part of it or not, uh, to work with the churches and have the church come back to us and say, we love what you're doing, but here's some things that we want you to work with and how, how can we do this together? Like that was it was really cool and i'm really looking forward because it'll because of the holidays as you pointed out obviously we haven't been able to do that i haven't been i haven't done the sunday morning experiment for a while now because well christmas and i feel like folks need to be in the service for the holidays sort of stuff but you know come come january we will be you know kicking that up again and i'm really excited i actually have sitting next to me on this desk uh, my prayer book that I just recently got with one of our God and Gamers stickers on it. That's and, all that. Uh, that is that's going to be an exciting element because because of the fact that it's Sunday morning. Uh, and oddly enough, it was interesting because when my pastor said we've had some parents complaining because most of the, the people that play with me are, are uh, high school kids, and uh, I said, okay, parents are complaining because their kids are getting yanked out of church, and he's like, honestly, no. Uh, he's like, the, the problem is, is that 
kids who aren't going into church are being made to feel like they're the nerds and the outsiders for not coming to play games. And I'm like, that is, that's so weird that that's a thing that the, the person coming out to play games, the person not coming out to play games is the nerd and the outsider. What kind of weird, bizarro universe have I entered into? But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to spend more time because we have two services. I usually show up in the middle of the first service and stay through the second. So one thing that's going to happen is, is that I'm not going to even get the games out of my bag until the second service has started. Yeah. So the kids that come to play are the kids who don't go in I, so that, so that the kids who come to play aren't trying to rip kids to the table who would be going into the service. The Sunday morning experiment has always been about connecting with the kids who don't go in, but are still in the building. The kids who either already went to the first service or the kids who are basically just there because their parents said, you have to come with us. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I, I've always said that I spend some time talking in the beginning, but now I'm going to be more intentional about having that time of, of prayer and talking with people uh, be more of a, a, I don't want to say formalized, but just kind of be like, no, we're going to get the games out in a bit, but this comes first. Like it's, it's always kind of been that way, but now I'm really going to be like, no, no, we'll get the games out later. This is a thing that happens now. Yeah. The, uh, if, if I had someone like you growing up, I probably wouldn't have snuck out of church as much as I did. Well, oddly enough, the, the, it's a, my, this it's funny because I technically I I have to refer to him as my pastor, but he and I we've been friends for so long it's weird to even call him that like it's just his title it's you know. But he and I went out for breakfast and we're actually going to be going out to breakfast in a couple of days too to talk about this again. But he said he goes when he goes when I was a kid, uh, the church had a pool table in the basement, and more often than not, even if I was just there by myself. I would be at that pool table while everyone else was at church. And he goes, he goes, I would have been hugely impacted by what you're trying to do right now. Had somebody done it back then. And that was encouraging. So that's real good. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the Sunday morning experiment is going to continue and uh, it might look different, but not entirely different. And I'm excited to see what's going to come with that in the new year. Well, we've been having a Fisher Family Friday night experiment. Oh, that's right. You said that you were trying to, to have you know more family time with games. Yeah, so like uh, we have not missed a beat yet. And nice. even if it's just getting out a, a set of Uno cards and playing for like three hands. Um, and so each each week a family member gets to pick the game. And so it started with my son, then my daughter, and last week was my wife. And this week is my turn, and I really don't, you know, I've got to pick a game that my son can play because he's only, well, it'll be seven next month, or the, in February. And uh, I'm going to pick a game that he can play that everybody else will enjoy. So, out of, out of the games that I've got, and, you know, I've got a few ideas of what I want to play and what he wants to play. And a few ideas on what would keep my wife interested because she really only likes card games. Mm. So, but it, it's been going pretty good. So, uh, uh, we're enjoying it and the kids are always looking forward to it because I make junk food. Like usually it ends up being like pizza and wings. 
Yeah. And, and uh, we eat eat first, and then we just chill out a little bit afterwards and play games until the uh, kids are like, uh, I'm done. So Nice. Yeah. It's usually about 8 o'clock. Then I can play D&D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a game. That game with Sean. So uh, every other Friday night we're playing D&D. All right. Well, kind of going into that game, you said you want to be playing that more. And we, we, you and I both talked about how these little experiments we've been doing are going into 2017. Yeah. What are some things... Let, let's start with the generic, and then we'll move more into the specific. Like, what's some things you hope to see in 2017? Uh, well, let's see here. No celebrity Stein. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Just none. That None of them can go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the the main thing, um, I'd like to try two new games a month and uh, with the family and um, try to branch them out a little bit more into more in-depth games with that. But not too heavy, though, because... You know, my son's so young. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Well, it, when it comes to generic, I the biggest thing that I want to see happen, and I, I, I'm going to try and be better about both being not as intentional and yet very intentional at the same time, and it'll make sense when I explain it. I want to be about the business of getting more people hearing about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just growing the community and continuing to to get more people involved. The reason I say that I don't want to be as intentional is because for a while there, and I shared this a couple podcasts ago, for a while there, I felt that it was my responsibility to make inroads big, mm-hmm. and that was slowly killing me. Oh yeah, mostly because there's a whole lot of things that I just can't do. As I said when I talked about why the core handbook hasn't come together yet. While I do consider inroads my primary ministry, it is my ministry that I have to do on top of a day job, on top of spending time with my wife, on top of other family responsibilities, on top of, you know, even being kind of sociable with other people my own age. And on top, you know, there's it's it's one thing in the midst of many many other things. So the idea that it's my responsibility to do you know, to make inroads this Uber thing, it it just can't happen. Right. It just can't. Not without ruining me in the process. Well uh, with and I've noticed this at with any ministry, um, once you like learn that it's not you that has to push it, that that's when it actually grows. Right. And that that's my hope. My hope is to be intentional about about how to, you know, seek God in this. Like I call it, I call it my generic, you know, hope for the year, mostly because it's not something that I can quantifiably say other than, you know, I could make a list of, I'm going to pray for the growth of inroads every day. <laughs> and and I, I try to do that as it is, Yeah, but that I don't want to make that a specific, I don't want to make that a quantifiable resolution. I just want to, that's just something I want to do. And I want to keep, you know, pursuing the ministry and pursuing God in the midst of this because it, the more I do it, it, it's really interesting because I find myself in this, you know, and and I'm not alone in this from discussions I've had with, with pastors and other people in parachurch kind of stuff. I I find myself writing the, the one second I'm very discouraged and disheartened. And the next second I'm like, God is doing amazing things and everything (laughs) is awesome. This roller coaster of, of, you know, 
hashtag nonprofit life. <laughs> I, I, you know, I find myself in that roller coaster, but I really just want to, I want to see God do it because I've seen him doing awesome stuff in this. And I've seen, you know, the, literally just a couple Sundays ago, a mom came up to me and said, said, my son has no interest in church. He comes here out of obligation, but he does not stop talking about you. Right. And, cool. and I said, well, what's that mean? And he, and she goes, he goes, you provide something different that he's never seen before. And he likes it. And that, that's God, that's God doing something in somebody's life. And I really just want to continue being a part of that in 2017. And hopefully I can get other people to get excited about it too. All right. So that's the generic stuff, the stuff that, that, you know, it, it there's no real accountability because how can you quantify it? You got anything that can be very quantifiable so that we can report on it at the end of 2017, much like we're doing now? Well, I mean, quantify, I mean, that's putting a number to things. I would like to have at least, at least six, n not at my church, um, inroads events for the year. For this coming year, and and that would be a lot, especially in my area. That that would be one of my main goals is to have at least six throughout the year that it's not just my church. So at the library and other churches would be be what I'm shooting for. So that's when you say that's great, Daniel. Well, <laughs> it is. I mean, six is ambitious too. If you're especially if you're when you're talking above and beyond the. Yeah. The stuff you're doing at your church. That's ambitious. I love it. For me, I've, you know, I, I will try not to, sh to share all of them because we could go another hour with the, the fact that all the things that I want to see happen in 2017. Um, but one thing that I want to do is I do want to have my, my continued gameplay goals, at least some of them. Uh, I, I've given up on the, play all my my top fives five times because my I tend to to go for the heavier games and unless I can get more personal game days where I don't feel obligated to lead something as far as you know as opposed to just hanging out with my buddies and playing games mm -hmm. so that one's that one's going to go by the wayside but I kind of want to I want to take a second crack at the play 60 unique games because I was so close. I, I want to take a second crack at that because I wow. think I can get it. Well, and I'll tell you, I, I've had the idea, a, a lot traveling library and like where, you know, we put each of us take a few games from our collection and be like, okay, well, I'm sending this over to so-and-so and when they're done, they'll send it over here and that will help you get unique games without having to advise me. It's a plan I'm formulating. Well, all right then. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to, to, so the, the play 60 unique games and I'm going to up the play, the, the play count because I, well, destroyed my play count. Uh, I'm going to bump that up to 150. Uh, just because I want to, in an ideal world, what's going to happen is is that I I do more events yeah. where I can play, and therefore my play count goal should go up. Because it, at bare minimum, the prevalence of the Sunday morning experiment means I'm going to get a lot more play time in this year. Because 
at most, I'm getting like four or five guys at that table. Right. So I won't have to, you know, forsake playing a game to go teach somebody a game on the other table. So hopefully that's going to happen. Another goal I have is to get a team of at least four guys to Origins this year. So far we're at two. And if I can't get at least two more, then I'm probably going to end up having to cancel the trip. Just because at that point it becomes a ludicrous expense. Right. So uh, I need to get at least two more people, if not a few more, who are not just going to be at Origins, but really want to be there for the purpose of doing what we do. Now, granted, it's going to be an exploratory trip because I've never been to Origins, so I don't know exactly what the needs are. Right. But, you know, to be there, I, I can't afford to go by myself. I would not tax the ministry's budget nor my own for that. But I am hoping to make that happen. Get a four-man team at least. For the YouTube channel, uh, I want to have a goal. Uh, both We just recorded session zero of our Numenera game. So it's kind of a two-fold resolution. I want to get the the prelim video and the session zero up by the middle of, of January. So by, you know, let's just say by January 12th or whatever, I want to get that up. Uh, and then I want to, I haven't figured out if it's going to be every week or every other week, but get a 30 minute video up on the YouTube channel either every week or every other week. So probably that means running a session uh, every month or so and then divvying that up. Right. So hopefully I it's going to I'm, I'm kind of wishy-washy because I haven't decided whether which one it's going to be yet. So I'll, I'll give myself some leeway for the the end of 2017 on this one. <laughs> but my goal is to spend this year putting regularly occurring content of our Numenera games up on the YouTube channel. Uh, trying to think of something else I want to do. Oh, I want to be at at least one of the local New Jersey conventions. Um, in an ideal world, I'll hit one for the bulk of the convention and then the other ones, because it's literally only 20 minutes from my house, hit it maybe like the Saturday, Sunday, so I don't have to take time off from work. But... I want to get more into the local conventions, not only because it just makes sense, not only because it will help promote inroads, but also because uh, I'm tired of getting scolded by uh, Mr. Stephen Bonacore over at Stronghold Games. I, I Several times he's like, why are you not at, at the New Jersey conventions? You're right there. So I, I want to fix that. And so my goal is to fully attend at least one and, you know, ideally get partially to uh, at least one other of the local New Jersey conventions. I think that's going to be it mostly because there's so much up in the air that I'm still working on and, and scheduling and trying to coordinate with all the, the local churches because I, I have two game days coming up at the beginning of the year they are scheduled to be one-time events. I'm hoping we can score some more out of that. Uh, I'm hoping we can turn them into regularly occurring events. 
and uh, there's a bunch of stuff I'd love to to make happen, but if they happen or not is still in the cards. Like I don't know if it's going to be possible or not, but uh, I think that's a pretty solid list of stuff to see happen in 2017. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Daniel, is there anything kind of, we're kind of just, I know technically we had our end of the year thing, but it's still the end of 2016 for us recording now. Is there any kind of, you know, grand ostentatious statement that you (laughs) would like to make to the people? We get, we get tied up with celebrity issues. This, this has been one of the main things that's been on my mind lately. We do, we do because of the nature of what we are. We are nerds. We obsess about things. And when something happens to, um, one of our, our people that, uh, is part of our obsession, we, we do go a little bit on the deep end. And as we, uh, point out that we like to argue a lot too about the things we obsess with. But, um, some of the things that I, I want us all to remember is that, we may obsess about these and it's okay to have our obsessions sometimes. It's just that we need to step back a little bit as well and just remember what our priorities are and how we can go out. Even though these people did affect our worlds, how are we going to go out and affect somebody else's worlds? Um, almost to the point of when you die, some, you, you might want people to, to, to mourn your loss like we are for Carrie Fisher. But in a different way, you know, just for what you're doing out there, uh, for God. And, um, you know, I, I don't want people to mourn me when I die. I want people to celebrate my life. But, like, um, but we need to understand what we can go out there and do and not worry too much about what's going on, uh, with some of the celebrity stuff as well. Sorry, I, I don't mean to, to keep talking about the celebrities, but, you know. No, I, I think it's valid because, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely never going to be one of those people who said, you shouldn't mourn these people. You've never, you don't know them. I go, no. Cause, cause that's something that I've seen in my Facebook feed, this reaction to like, 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 why don't we care about real things? And I'm like, right. That, that's dumb. That's not, that's a bad reaction. But I do think that, that while it's important to, to realize the impact that these people have on our lives, I think there's a lot of impact that we have on other people. And I think that, that the idea of, of kind of channeling that if this person made this kind of impact on my life, what kind of impact am I giving to other people? I think that's, that's worth looking into. Right. And for me, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm the more I I think about it, the more it's, it's true. Like we love games uh, there's not a, com- it's funny cause you know, my wife is the antithesis of a gamer. I usually end up, you know, there's like three or four games I can regularly get her to play. Everything else is pulling teeth, but it, it's to the point where there've been times when she goes, because you need to have a conversation that doesn't involve games like once. And I do, I have those conversations, but you know, a lot of times there's a lot of discussions about games because I'm passionate about them long before they were even my ministry. They were something I got excited about and something that I saw the beauty of and I saw, you know, how they can affect people and bring them together and all that. I think that it's important that we remember that, 
while we are passionate about these things, it's important that we remember that ultimately the stuff that we're doing and the, the, the life that we live is, is ultimately for God. Uh, I, forget, I think it's the Westminster Catechism that says the chief end of man is to glorify God. And I, I, I think that that's important to remember, even though we get super excited about this stuff, even if, you know, we're doing this stuff for God and everything like that, I think it's important that, you know, all of us, myself especially, is to take stock and to realize that we need to make sure that we are, are dedicating that time to really just asking God what we're supposed to be doing and, and how can we better serve him. And, and really, even before we're just, speaking to him and saying, you know, my prayer life kind of had this in, kind of interjected into it fairly recently, probably early this year, is the idea of, you know, so much of our prayer is just us speaking to God, and we never shut up long enough to l listen for what his response is. And I think that something that is cool when it comes to this stuff is that we're doing something for God. In, in service of his people that is weird and, and different and nobody else is doing it, at least not the way we're doing it. Right. And I love that. And I love being in that place, but it also means that we're doing this without a net because everything we do, we can't have, uh, you know, we can't point to six other people and say, what are they doing that's working and what's not? We have to be doing it and seeing if it works. Right. And when you're in that place, when you find yourself in a place where you, you literally have nothing to catch you other than God, it is important to not only ask him what needs to happen and what should, where should we be and what should we do? It's important to remember to stop. Right. And this, this is something that I'm learning more and more as I try to do more and more and say more and more and put more and more content out in the world and do all that stuff there. It's something that's been really hammered home. And my wife just put it on me recently too, is this, you know, you need to just stop. Like when I talked about the Sunday morning experiment with her, she said, when was the last time you sat down and actually worshiped? And I go, I go, well, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this as my ministry. She goes, I know. When was the last time? It doesn't, I'm not talking about church. She said, when was the last time you sat down and honestly worshipped? And I go, huh. And I know I'd like to say that I have like little pockets here and there of stuff that I do and, and dedicating my time to, to God and what he's doing and, and what I want to see happen. But, you know... It is something that, that I want to be more intentional about this year. And I guess you consider this one of my generic resolutions. But to be able to, to stop and put time into my day to literally just ask God what he wants me to do. And then to literally wait for that answer. Because we're so busy about the asking, we forgot to listen to the answers. Right. And so... That as we kind of wind down this year and when you guys are listening to this, you're getting ready to start a new one. Uh, I think it's important to remember to listen for the answers because heck, if like I, I, I half joking and half serious when I say that 2016 has been a bit of a dumpster fire. And in light of that, it's even more important to just listen 
because there's no shortage of people saying things. There's no shortage of people being angry about things and shouting about things and feeling like they have the answer to things. But I think it's important that we just stop and spend some time listening. And that will be the the words of wisdom that we we enter into 2017 with. Unless, Daniel, unless you have something else you want to, to tack hey, on to that. Be still and know that I am the Lord. There you go. It fits perfectly. All right, guys. That being said, and for the last time I get to say it in 2016, and the first time that you'll be hearing it in 2017, always remember... God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.